0: Hebrews 12 and verse 9. Now, after hearing kind of the intro, how many of y'all need some notes now? (laughs) Amen. Uh, Raise your hand. Anybody need them? We want to make sure everybody that wants one can get one. Anybody need notes? Anybody need notes? All right. All right. Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse number 1. Wherefore? Wherefore? Now, let me me give you a little help here. Uh, When you see wherefore or therefore... Uh, it would really do you good to go back and read before uh, the chapter before, or the few verses before, to find the significance of the chapter, because uh, we're going to go back into the end of chapter number eleven at some point in this message uh, to to help and encourage us because of what we read. In chapter number 11, which is the Faith Hall of Fame. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about when I say that? The Faith Hall of Fame. It's a list of people in the Old Testament uh, that did great and mighty things through faith. It talks about Abel. It talks about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It talks about the great heroes of the faith and the great mighty things that they did through faith. Not through their intellect, not through their intelligence, not through their cunning wise, not through their power, not through their own ability, but simply by faith. They were able to do great and mighty things for God. Now, knowing that, it says, wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your word. I pray that you'll use every single word to be an encouragement, to be a blessing, to be a help, to to move us in the direction that we need to go, to move us in the direction that we need to be. I pray that you will lift up the fallen. I pray that you will put back together the broken. I pray, Lord, that you will encourage the discouraged. I pray in Jesus' name, whatever need is here, whatever problem is here, whatever uh, uh, whatever area of assistance that needs to be dealt with tonight, I pray that your people can leave here and know that there is a God in heaven who looks down on this earth and sees us in our pain and sees us in our need and is able to meet our need. I pray that your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> here in this chapter we find uh, several things, three, three different, three different main points that I have. Uh, one is our obligation. Uh, two is our inspiration and three is our motivation. And we didn't really read those verses, but we will. Uh, but I want you to see some things here about being weary, about being tired. The Bible says that, 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 that these are some things that we need to do lest we be weary and faint in our minds, not in our bodies, not in our hands not in our feet not 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 in 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 the area of physical being and cuz it's one thing it's one thing to be tired in your body when you're tired in your body you can lay down and take a nap when you're tired in your body you can you can kick back in the recliner and you can get some rest and and and, and rest will help you and rest will give you what you need but there's a whole different thing when it comes to being tired in your mind because when you get weary in your mind, a recliner will not help you. When you get weary in your mind, listen, taking a nap won't do anything for you. Because when you get weary in your mind, you go to bed with it on your mind. You wake up with it on your mind. Listen, everything that, listen, every part of your being uh, will, will be affected by this issue in your life. Listen, weary and faint. To the point of exhaustion, thinking and and having a mind filled with discouragement, I want to. The first thing I want to talk about, and we'll, we'll go into real detail. I mean, God has really detailed this thing for me as I broke down the verses and the chapters and. I really didn't mean to do this. I, I, I had a, a totally different direction I was going to go and a totally different outline. But, but in the last few hours, God just laid this thing out. And, and, and I know he's got a reason. I know he has a reason. And, and so uh, first thing I want to talk about is, is really uh, he, he begins to describe some of the reasons that we get discouraged. Some of the reasons we get weary. Some of the reasons that we get faint in our minds. And then, then in the second point, he begins to tell us what we need to do about it. What, what steps do we need to do? Uh, not only when we get weary, but in order to keep from being weary. I, I, I don't know about you, but I would just soon not get to that place and have to get to that place and do something about it. Are you all with me? Say amen. amen. But then, then we'll look at another area uh, of, of assistance here today. So number one. Let's look at our obligation. Wherefore, wherefore, seeing, we are also compassed about by great a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Number one, or A, if you're you're taking notes and writing this down, I want you to see something. I want you to see something. We're we're in a race. We are we are running a race this is when you the moment that you got saved the moment that you trusted Christ as your personal savior you didn't just get a ticket to heaven Uh, you became you became a a, a member of the family of God with that you became an enemy to Satan with that you took on the responsibility of running a race for God are y'all with me say amen He said, let us run this race with patience. And in in order to run a race, the first thing I want you to write down is this. We have an obligation to prepare. We have an obligation to prepare. The reason that so many people are falling out in the race Listen, they're falling by the wayside. They're getting weary and faint in their minds. They're not being able to, to, to have any stamina. They're not being able to have any kind of perseverance whatsoever. Uh, uh, they're like the seed that was planted on stony ground or in shallow ground. When the when the sun comes up and, and when the difficulties come and when the trials come and when the heat comes and the pressure comes from the things of this world, they wilt and fall by the wayside. And many times what they're not running the race that they could be running or they should be running or that God expects them to be because they didn't prepare to run the race. How do we prepare? How do we prepare? First thing, first thing I see, look what it says. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin with this so easily beset us. How do we prepare for the race, preacher? First, by removing. First, by removing. You see, Here's here's some things that we need to understand. The moment you get saved, you've been forgiven. I'm talking about I'm talking about forgiven. I'm talking about your sins washed white as snow. Uh, come now, let us reason together. Though your, your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. And I tell you what, if there's anybody in this world that's thankful and grateful for the forgiveness of sin and that God has washed my sin away, he has taken my sins from me. He separated them as far as the east is from the west. Thank God for forgiveness. But then God says, now you need to become Holy. You need to sanctify, this is the word he uses, sanctify yourself. He says, be ye holy, for I am holy. Now, God has taken the penalty of sin away from you, and God's got a requirement for you. Now, what is that requirement? To remove. What do we need to remove? Two things he listed here. Two things he listed here. First, the weight. The weight. And and, and some people think that uh, both of these are the same thing, but they're not. Watch what it says. It says, lay aside every, every weight and the sin. Two different things. Two different things. Preacher, what is the weight? I think I can go to 2 Timothy 2. I think I can go to 2 Timothy 2 and answer that question. Verse 3. Paul is speaking to Timothy. Timothy's having some issues, and he's telling him how to how to how to respond in this world that we're living in, how to be a good soldier. He says, "Now, therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier." Now, let's look at this. Let's look at this. Here in America, it's harder to be a Christian than it is in Africa, and I, I know what you're thinking. Well. Preacher, we got a church on every corner. I get that. Preacher, we've got every version in the world. We've got this uh, technology and that technology. We've got all these things that are supposed to help us be better Christians. Here's the problem. We also have too much other stuff. Do you know why, you know why people are getting healed in Africa? You know why, why, why thousands of people are coming to Christ at one time? Because they don't have nothing else. They don't have material things. They don't have material possessions. They don't have anything that's going to hinder them from following Christ and being committed to Christ. They are totally sold out to Christ because if it ain't for Christ, they're not even going to eat. Right. But what do we have? Hobbies. We have, we have all of these weights that are hindering us from following Christ. I would follow Christ, but... I, and see, this is the dangerous part. This is the dangerous part. And this is what God showed me. Uh, too many of us are so focused on sin, we can't forget, we, we can't see that there are good things that's keeping us from the best things. There's no sin. There's no sin in golf, but it can become a weight. There's no sin in fishing, but it can, I'm naming mine. I'm not even going to name yours. I'm going to just name mine. Uh, that way, y'all won't get an attitude, all right? <laughs> Listen, there's nothing wrong with fishing but it can become a weight. There's nothing wrong with coon hunting or deer hunting or or any of these things, dove hunting, but it can become a weight. When it hinders you from being what God wants you to be, when it hinders you from fulfilling the will of God in your life, from being obedient to him in the direction he has for you, that is a weight. Now, now, here, now watch, now watch. Well, I just you can say all that you want to I'm not, I'm not going to stop doing these, these things that, that even though I know God's convicting me I'm, okay okay that's, that, that's, that's, your, that's your choice that's, that's absolutely up to you but don't get surprised when you get weary and faint how many of y'all have ever watched the Olympics how many of y'all have ever seen a long distance runner do you know they're just about naked when they're running that race Do I have a witness? I have seen Blue Jays covered better than some of them people. Now, why is that? Do you think that's, you think that's just a coincidence? They know that the least amount of weight that they're carrying, the faster they're going to be in the race and the more ability they're going to have to have stamina in the race. None of them's out there running with a backpack on. Watch this. We go to this practice and that game and that, that meeting and this this hobby and, and this thing and this appointment and this over here and we got all these things going and we're carrying all this stuff and when God wants us to do one little thing, I just can't, preacher, because I'm just, I just, I just, whew. yeah, I know you're weary. And you faint. And it's, it's not because you're out running around drinking and carrying on and, and, and smoking crack and stealing uh, 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 things and, 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 and committing fornication and adultery and all that. No, 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 no. don't have anything to do with sin. It has to do with carrying too much weight. And, and it's because here in America, we've got this complex that we can't say no anymore. Matter, well, let me change that. We can say no. We, we just say no to God and not to every other distraction because really we don't have time for God. Now, the, the, problem, the bad part is is we really want to do something for God. But we've done said yes to everybody else and everything else that we don't have no time left for God. And what God is saying here, he says, ladies and gentlemen, if you're going to make this race, if you're going to finish to the end, you're going to have to lay some things aside. And did you notice the wording? He didn't say, I'm going to come strip it off of you. I'll do it for you. Just sit still. Just be real still. And I, no. You see, because Christ is a perfect gentleman. He said, if you're going to make this race, I I can't make you do anything, and I can't force you to do anything, but I can't tell you what the problem is. The problem is you're carrying too much weight. And what we need to do, if we're going to make this happen, if we're going to run this race, if we're we're really going to accomplish this and be successful in this deal, uh, we're going to have to lay aside some things. And, and, And it may be laying aside some good things. It may be laying aside, you know, there's some... There's some parts of, of pastoring that, 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 that I've, had to, I've had to lay aside and give other responsibilities to other men of God that God has placed here because I could not, in my own capacity, handle all of it and can continue to do what God called me to do here, and that's lead and feed. But even though I miss it, even though I enjoyed it, even though that was part of my deal, God says, you need, to, you need to lay aside something good because I've got something better. Amen. So, you say, well, what is mine? You know. I don't have, I, I'm, I'm not the Holy Spirit. I'm not in your house every week. I, I'm not gonna, I, I know preachers that stand up and, and say, you need to quit this and you need to quit that. I don't know what you need to quit, but I know what I need to quit. You see, the same Holy Spirit that's in me, he's in you too. And, and the same Holy Spirit that told me what I need to back away from and I need to ease up on and I need to let somebody else handle, he'll tell you the same thing. The question is, are you going to be obedient? Amen. Now, now I'm, I'm, just, I'm just giving the message. I, I promise you this is a message from God if there's ever been one. And don't be frustrated. Don't be frustrated and don't be upset if you turn your back on this truth and this message you're receiving when you get tired and weary in your mind. Because what will happen when you get that point of frustration, you say, I want to quit, God. God will say, remember that backpack I told you to take off? About 10 miles back. That's why you're tired now. Let's lay aside. That, you know, I wish all this stuff was easy, don't y'all? But I guess if it was easy, everybody would be doing it, wouldn't it? We need to prepare for the race by removing. Then we need to prepare for the race by repenting. Repenting. Look what it says. I, I didn't give you the definition. It's right there in your notes. But let's lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily. What's that word? What's that word? Now watch what the watch what the definition watch what the definition of the word beset is to entangle just to wrap up to entangle kind of like a spider's web so as to render escape difficult or impossible Now if you compare that to what Timothy was told by Paul in verse chapter 2 verse 4 no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life Now what does that have to do with us? Have you ever got to the point that you were just so frustrated and so weary and so tired, you just felt like you were tied up? So frustrated, you just felt like everything, every, the, 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 the oh yes, oh. How many of y'all ever watched National Geographic? Come on, raise your hands, so I can see them. Have you ever seen that bug get caught in that net, <laughs> the spider's web? Do you realize? Do you realize the more he fought the more entangled he got. Have you ever felt like that? With your schedule and with with your your appointments and with everything going on in life, and the more you fought and you're just saying, help me, help me, help me, and and we just get more entangled. We get hemmed in by, by weights and by sins. By sins. Now, here's what the Bible says about sin. Proverbs 28 verse 13, he that covereth, let's all read it, let's all read it, it's, it's right in your notes, they may have it up here, I don't know, uh, Proverbs 28 13, watch what it says, read it with me, he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Watch what David says in Psalms 32. This is after David's sin with Bathsheba, his his sin with Uriah, and and all that he did, all that foolishness. Watch what he says. Psalms 32.1 says, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Now, when he says covered here, he's not talking about hidden. He's talking about covered by the blood. Y'all with me? Now, watch what he says. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and in whose spirit there is no guile. Watch what happens. Now, this is David speaking about his time of hiding his sin and not confessing his sin and not getting the sin out of his life. When I kept silence, my bones waxed old through the, my roaring all the day long. In other words, I was groaning and moaning. God's hand was on For day and night thy hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. I acknowledge my sin unto thee. and My iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. You know what? Some of you are tired tonight. Not, not because of weights, but of sins you've been hiding for a long time. And you see, because of pride, we'll keep hiding them. Because we don't want nobody to think we got a problem we don't want think we don't want anybody to think we got a weakness we don't want anybody to think we got issues we don't want anybody to think that we're human because everybody else ain't got problems you know why you think they don't have problems because they're hiding theirs too and 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 ladies and gentlemen if you hide them he's going to reveal them anyway Bible says there's nothing in the dark that won't be brought to the light. And I found out this. The whipping is a whole lot less painful when you give it up. But if they find out without you telling them, do I have a witness? I remember one time. i I had a bad I had a bad uh progress report and i, I was in christian school and, and 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 I was walking out to the parking lot and I, I didn't want to take it home, so I wadded it up and threw it underneath the car and the janitor found it and he turned it in. Yeah, it gets worse. <laughs> the next day uh the principal came down to my room. And took me outside and I got a paddling. A goodin. And uh, I thought I thought that my sins were hidden. And uh, what I didn't know is they had called home. <laughs> and when I got home, my father said, How's school today, son? I said, Man, it was wonderful. <laughs> Anything happened today? I said, Not a thing. And he said, that ain't what I heard. It was at that moment <laughs> that I knew my life was over. He commenced a whooping meeting. I'm talking about, I'm talking about in the biblical fashion. You know where the Bible says, weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> the fire was not quenched. In my breeches. Amen. It was. I honestly thought this is it. This is it. I'm done. And he stopped. And I thought. Whew. And then he said, now, that was for lying to me. <laughs> this is for what you did. And I begin to sing the song, Lord, I'm coming home. <laughs> Has anybody ever had a situation like that take place in your life? And you know what? If I'd have just fessed up. And you know what God says? Bring it to me. If we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Why do we think, why do we think we can hide something from God? I mean, really, we all do. Why, why do we think that God is not going to get our attention? He said, repent. You know what? Honestly, I really think this. I think, I think that repenting of the sin is easier than removing the weight. Because all we got to do is come to God and say, God, here I am. And let me say this, too. Let me say this. Sometimes, sometimes things that we have, the Bible says in first John, it says uh, that if we confess our sins to him, we're forgiven. But if we're going to be healed from them, we need to confess it one another. The Bible says that confess your faults one to another and you'll be healed. You say, preacher, I keep confessing mine to God, and, and I keep messing up. Well, maybe you need to tell somebody else. Maybe you need to get an accountability partner. If it's a male, you need another male accountability partner. If it's a female, you need another female accountability partner. Maybe two or three say, hey, keep me accountable. I've got this issue in my life. I keep messing up. Hey, pray with me. And that just might be the greatest day of your life. But I tell you this, you keep hiding it. You're going to get real tired. You can come in here and sing all you want to. You can come in here and shout all you want to. You can come in here and raise your hand all you want to. But you'll leave just as tired because you're carrying that weight or that sin back with you. And all God's people say it. If we're going to run, we got to prepare. We got to prepare. Then we got to pursue. Look at B. We have an obligation to prepare for this race. Then we have an obligation to pursue. Now, there's something God showed me right here. Watch what it says. It says, after we lay aside the weight, after we lay aside the sin, you say, what, how do we lay aside the weight? Here's what, here's what every Christian ought to do. Okay, God, my life, my life is a blank sheet of paper. My life is a blank chalkboard. God, you tell me what to do, and I'll fill in around it. But nothing, no hobby, no occupation, no person, no place, no thing, nothing will be in between me and you and your direction and your will for my life. You tell me where to go, you tell me what to do, and then everything else will be outside of that. You will be priority. And you know what I guarantee you? Everything else will be a blessing. But if you go and say, I gotta do this, and I got this going on, and I gotta do i get right with you, and I got, I got, I got, and then try, no, 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 no. That won't work. Because you'll become weary and faint in your mind. Amen. Amen. I'm just preaching it as he's giving it to me. I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but look what it says about the pursuit. It says, Let us run with patience. Let us run with patience. I want you you to write this down. Number one, I want you to see the type of pursuit. I want you to see the type of pursuit. This is not a 40-yard dash. Don't think, all right, it it takes a few hours to grow a mushroom. But it takes several years to grow an oak tree. What do you want to be? Now think about this. This is not a 40-yard dash. I've seen people that come in, they get all jacked up and all fired up, and they're going 100 miles an hour, and they they think they're going to take the world by storm, and they don't take time to prepare. They don't take time to mature. They don't take time to grow and develop, and they think everything's a bed of roses, and everything's going to be great, and they're not going to ever have no problems because they're following Jesus. And the first trouble that comes, they quit and give up. And the reason is they didn't know what kind of race it was. If, if, you, see, if you see somebody, even, even when you see somebody that's built for the 40-yard dash and then somebody that's built for a marathon, they look totally different. They run totally different. Listen, we are in a race of a lifetime. It says run with patience. I looked up that word patience. You're going to get a kick out of this. Let's see if we've been doing this. Let's see if we've been running our race the way he said. Here's the word patience. Patience means the suffering of pain, toil, or afflictions with a calm, unruffled temper. Without murmurings or fretfulness. I got work to do (laughs) y'all think about that now let me ask you a question do you think that God would command us to do something if we didn't have the ability to do it so so what this verse is telling us is that we could face every trial of life without murmuring we could face every trial of life with a calm, unruffled temper. Fretfulness means worrisome, worrying all the time. I don't know about y'all, but that sounds pretty good. Now watch, this is the deal. And, and we'll, we'll, get to, we'll get to how we deal with that in just a second. But the Bible says tribulation worketh patience. And what happens is we whine about the very thing that will help us to keep from whining. Because it is the problems that we face that gives us the ability and the strength and the perseverance and the patience to face the next battle. It was the lion and the bear that gave David the ability to face the giant. Are you all with me? And instead of, instead of complaining to God about every little thing, why don't we say, okay, God, what, what am I getting from this? What, what am I learning from this? What is it that I'm going, Lord, what is, my, what is my Goliath? Because right now I'm facing this bear. The type of race. Run with patience. But then it says this, and this is going to help so many people. I'm telling you, it helped me. It helped me. Two different things here. Run patience with patience. Then it says this. Then it says this, a totally separate truth. The race that is set before us. First, I want you to see the type of pursuit. Then I want you to see the target in pursuit. What does that mean? What does that mean? Timothy was told by Paul again in chapter four, Paul is about to die. Write write that whatever you're going to write down and look up at me. When Paul was writing Timothy, Timothy was a young pastor in an older established church, and they was having some issues. He was frustrated, I mean, to the point of, of tears. You know, Paul talked about his stomach issues, and and, 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 and ain't nothing. Uh, I think every pastor in America has stomach problems because it's, it's nerves and, and, and all that kind of stuff going on. And, and he, he addresses that issue that, that Timothy has, and, and he's going over all this stuff. Now, Paul's about to die. Paul is in prison. He is fixing to be martyred and he's telling him, he's saying, look, Timothy, look, look what he says. He says, for I am now ready to be offered. In other words, to die, to be, to to be executed. And the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. Now read this part with me. I have finished, I have finished whose course? Watch this. Let me tell you why so many people are are wearied and faint in their mind in the Christian race and in the Christian walk. You're running somebody else's race. Everybody don't have the same course. Everybody don't have the same race. Everybody don't have the same responsibilities. Preacher, what are you getting at? What I'm getting at is there's some people preaching that needs to quit. They're trying to run a race that was never theirs to run to begin with. There's people that's trying to be like other people. There's people that have seen their neighbor. They've seen somebody else in church, and they want what they have, and they want to experience what they experience, and they want to go through what they go through, and so they're trying to emulate that other Christian. They're trying to uh, 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 just, just do everything they can to be a clone of this other person, and God didn't make you that way. I am glad that God is a personal God. God is a God of the individual. God made you. Everybody's got different fingerprints, and I believe everybody's got different ministerial fingerprints too. Nobody's the same. You don't need to be like everybody else. You don't need to be like your favorite hero. You don't need to be like your favorite preacher, your favorite teacher, your favorite singer. God made you just like you are. Start running your own race. Man, if I if I tried to be somebody else, I would just get tired and frustrated. I've seen I've seen preachers on TV that were very intellectual and very I, I mean very knowledgeable. They had a, they had a command of the English language that was ridiculous. I mean I mean they they even when they coughed, they sounded smart. Say, man. And I thought, man, I would like to be like that. Boy, I wished I could just talk like that. And instead of somebody saying that man that don't know how to speak English, Amen. I've seen, I've seen preachers who could take stories and they would start out their message. I mean, you've got to understand, I've been in church my whole life, so I've seen them all. I mean, I've seen evangelists come in and they'll start with a story. And I mean, this is a gripping story and a riveting story. And you'll be on the edge of your seat and they'll take you right into the scriptures and how the scriptures tie you in with this story. And it's just amazing. And you're blown away. I thought, man, I wish I could do that. Preachers that would take ordinary objects. And ordinary things, ordinary, ordinary illustrations, and, and and like Brother Craig's the blood message, the most incredible message I think I've ever heard in my life. He takes the blood and the components of the blood and he breaks it down and how it has a ministry to the, the, to the believer and and all that goes there. And I was thinking, man, I wish I could do that. And God says, Why? You're unique. You're an individual. I don't want, I don't want you to be like them. I want you to be like you. Quit trying to be like everybody else. Quit trying to do everybody else's thing. Run your own race. Paul said, I ran my course. I ran my course. Jesus said this. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there's been days in my ministry I thought, who in the world's yoke am I carrying? Because this is not easy and this is not light. And God said, I don't know whose it is. Whose is it? <laughs> am I helping anybody tonight? Run your own race. Get with God and say, God, I'm, a, I'm not going to try to be like the one on the pew beside me. I'm not going to try to sing like them. And I'm not going to try to worship like them. And I'm not going to try to do all the. Listen, and, and let me say this. There's nothing wrong with having heroes. There's nothing wrong with having, having preacher, preachers that you look up to or men of God or women of God that, that you, that you want to you wanna be like. Because Paul said, use me as an example. That's not what I'm saying. Whatever you do, be you. Operate in your gift. Operate in your ability. Don't try to be like somebody else. Because I'm telling you, if you do, you're going to live the most frustrated life. You're going to be constantly tired because God didn't gear you to be nobody else. He geared you to be you. And that's all God wants you to do. Amen? Don't run somebody else's race. He says run the race that is set before you. Before you. Travis, you in here anywhere? Stand up a minute. Most of y'all may know him or may not know him. He's an awesome man of God. He's working in the homeless ministry. He said, preacher, come down to Birmingham with me. And against my better judgment. I'm kidding, kind of. <laughs> he took me down there, and even even little Hunter, little Hunter. As soon as we hit the street, son, wide open, we had soup going, and I'm hiding behind the table behind this, bowl, this pot of soup about this big, and I'm dipping soup, and Miss, <coughs> Miss Yarp, she said, Preacher, I'll get that so you can go mingle. I said, Don't mess with me. <laughs> and I sat there and I watched, I watched him operate. And I watched him minister to them people. And, and it was just like he was in, in his own element, like a fish in his own lake. That's his race. And, and as much as I want to be like that, in that that race, that course, that atmosphere, ain't no, nothing I could do could make me be what he's doing. Run your race. It may, be, it may be the most liberating thing you ever do tonight is to say, God, what is my race? Because what whoever's race I've been running, it ain't for me. Help me to run my race. Listen, number two. Here's what we got to do when we're running. When we're running. Don't ever look at who you're running with. Because you'll be disappointed. Don't ever, don't ever. And make sure you know who you're running for. I used to, you know, the most devastating thing. I think this ever happened to me is to realize that my hero was human. Because, can I be real for just a minute and y'all not judge me? Because I'm all you got, amen? You, you, you might as well just... I remember wanting to do good for preacher heroes of mine. I remember wanting to, to to do a good work. Don't get me wrong; I wanted to serve Jesus too. I, I wanted to make Him happy, and but boy, there was that that part of me that 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 wanted to please my heroes. And then the moment came when I realized they were just human, and because of failure, it just broke my heart. And 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 I'm thinking. I want to please you. And sometimes we get weary and faint in our minds because we're looking at the wrong person. And we're running for the wrong reason. Amen? The Bible says, looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. The word looking there, the word looking means to consider, to think about. Now watch what the word consider, if you'll read on down, you'll find in verse number three, for consider him, talking about Jesus, for consider him. That word, this is is what it means. It means to fix the mind on, with a view to a careful examination, to think on with care, to ponder, to study, to meditate on. Let's just stick with that first part, to fix the mind on. When you're running your race, your spiritual race, when you're running in this race that God has called you to, don't fix your mind on those that are falling beside you. Don't fix your mind on those that are weak and weary beside you. Don't fix your mind on the heroes that have fallen in front of you. Don't fix your mind on the things of this world and the problems and the surroundings that's there. Uh, uh, Be be like Peter. Keep your eyes on Jesus, not on the storms and not on the waves, because when you get your focus off of Jesus and onto your problems, you'll begin to sink. If all you ever do is fix your minds on Fox News, you're going to be depressed in a minute. The things of this world, ISIL, on on, on the immigration issue and all the economic issues and all the things that's going on. But the Bible says fix your mind on Jesus. Focus on him. Consider him. Think about him. Listen, keep your mind focused on Jesus. Listen, look at these, these, these three or four things. The Bible says... We need, to, we need to look, A, at the past evidence. Really two things, two things that, that we see. When we, when we feel like quitting, when we feel like quitting, how, how many of y'all will be, uh, uh, God knows I've been honest tonight, how, how many of y'all be honest with me and say, there's been times you feel like quitting? All right. This is what he says. Look in verse 1. Wherefore? wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses let's read about some of them look in verse number look at verse number 32 I'll let you read verse 1 through 31 at home it just talks about Abraham Isaac and Jacob and Noah and and, and Abel and Enoch and all these that walked with God and did incredible things Moses are y'all with me it says in verse 32 and what shall I more say For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of of David also and Samuel and of the prophets. Watch what they did. Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in the fight. "'Turned to the flight the armies of the aliens. "'Women received their dead, raised to life again. "'And others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, "'that they might obtain a better resurrection. "'And others had a trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and of imprisonments. "'They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, "'they were tempted, they were slain with a sword. "'They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, "'being destitute, afflicted, tormented, "'of the whom the world was not even worthy.'" They wandered in the deserts and in the mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. What does that mean? Before you came along, there was people who suffered. Before you came along, there was people who faced the fire. Before you came along, there was people who faced the lion's den. Before you came along, listen, Daniel prayed three times a day and was commanded to stop, yet he persevered and went to the den of lions. Before we ever came along, the three Hebrew children were commanded to stop and bow down, but they said, we will not bow down. You can light it however you want to. We will not bow down, and God delivered them out of the fire. God delivered, listen, delivered David from the giant. God delivered the nation of Israel from Egypt and so on and so on and so on and so on. And example after example after example after example. And what he is saying here, if God did it for them, God can do it for you. You have example after example. Read through the Bible. Read through the word of God. Because if God brought them through, he can bring you through. If God sustained them in the valley, God can sustain you. If God can lift them up when the devil tore them down, God can do it for you. Let's give him praise and glory in his house tonight. Listen, one example after another. One blessing after another. Listen, this great cloud, this great cloud of witnesses was introduced to us in Hebrews 11. They are the heroes of the faith. It is not suggested here that these men and women now are in heaven and are watching us as, as we run the race like people seated in a stadium. The word witnesses does not mean spectators. Our English word martyr comes directly from the Greek, Greek word translated witness. These people are not witnessing what we are doing. Rather, they are bearing witness to us that God can see us through. Say amen. Romans 15, 4. It says, for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Patience means endurance. Comfort means encouragement. One of the best ways to develop endurance and encouragement is to get to know the godly men and women of the Old Testament who ran the race and won. Say amen. We see our inspiration is the past evidence that God has already showed. B, we see a powerful Example. Not only do we need to look to the witnesses and the people who have gone before us, but we need to look at Jesus and what he did for us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Look at four things here. Number one, I want you to see his person, his person, who he is. We're not just looking to anybody. We're not just looking to anybody. Y'all missed the shouting point right there. We're not looking to a statue. We're not looking to a wooden wooden figure. We're not looking to a, a cow like they do in India. We're not looking to a golden statue. We're looking to somebody who's alive and well. The Bible says he is the author and the finisher of our faith. That tells me that he is good enough to make it happen. I didn't start this thing. I didn't begin this. I didn't, listen, it was all about him. He knew who I was. He knew where I was. He knew my need, and he came to where I was. It was all about him. He's the author and the finisher. He's omega, and listen, alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. And what this tells me If he started it, he's going to finish it. If he started you on this journey, he can get you through to the end. If he started you at the starting line, he'll be there at the finish when you cross. I may be bleeding when I cross. I may be late when I cross. I may be broken when I cross. I may be limping when I cross. But honey, one day, according to this verse, I will finish my race. His person, he's the author and the finisher of our faith. Then it says this, who for the joy, who for the joy. Now watch, I didn't even really get this till, till, till I looked up Jude. And, and Jude really, really, and let, me, let me read this. I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Hebrews 7, 2, Hebrews 7, 2. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. Now, some people read this wrong. Some people read this, he's able to save from the uttermost. That's not what that says. It says, to the uttermost. What does that mean? No matter where you go, after you get hooked up with Jesus, he can bring you out. Are y'all with me? Boy, I want to preach right there. Go and read Hebrews 7, because he's the great high priest. He's not, we don't have time. Just go read Hebrews 7, that'll bless your blesser, amen? Listen, it says this. Who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross despising the shame. Now, we're talking about when we want to quit. We're talking about when we want to quit. When we want to quit, we need to think about the one who can get us to the end. But then we need to think about what kept him on the cross to the end. What kept him to the place where he could say, it is finished? Because you see, he prayed in the garden three different times. Let this cup pass from me. He was under great intensity and in great pain. He was under such pain in his prayer that he prayed that great drops of blood begin to pour out of his pores. Listen, but he stuck it out. And he stayed and persevered all the way To the end, to the point, he said, it is finished. How? What kept him there? Was it the Roman soldiers? Was it the nails and the spikes through his hands and his feet? Oh, what kept him there? The Bible says it was the joy that was set before him. The joy that was set before him. What joy? What joy? Look in Jude verse 24. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling. That's Jesus. That's a good verse right there too. Amen. Now watch. Here it is. And to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding what? Watch this. Oh, Oh boy. One day the Lord Jesus Christ is going to lead his church and his bride, his blood-washed band into the presence of his Father and say, here they are. And according to Jude 24, the Bible says, that gave Jesus great joy. What does that mean? What kept Jesus hanging on the cross was the knowledge that one day you would make it in. It was the understanding and the knowledge and the wisdom that one day you would escape hell and you would be able to walk on the street of gold and you would be delivered, and you would be saved. So he said, I'll stay a little longer. It's hurting, and I'm wore out. and I'm tired, and it's painful. I have nothing left to give. But oh, one day, for the joy that was set before him, He endured the cross despising the shame. You see, he despised being on that cross the shame of the sin. Listen, they stripped him naked and he was hanging naked before the whole world in utter shame. He despised what he had to go through. But he did it so you and me could get in. That was his passion. Then I want you to see his perseverance. It says in verse 3, For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. The word contradiction there means opposition. He had so much opposition against him. People beating him, people mocking him, people lying about him, people betraying him, people plucking his beard out people putting the cat of nine tails on his back he was beating to the point you could not even tell he was a human being they spit in his face and mocked him yet he stayed till he was able to say it is finished when you're ready to quit when you're ready to give up the bible says to consider what Jesus went through, so we could get in. To fix your mind on what he experienced, lest you be weary and faint in your minds. The last thing, we see his person, his passion, his perseverance, then then we see his place, his place, and this is important. It says, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Why is that right hand important? Because it's the hand of power, authority, ability. Romans eight thirty four says this, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ. Watch this. Watch his, watch his ministry right now. It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. What does that mean? His place at the right hand of the Father is so he can do this. Is so he can do this. Uh, Lord, Father, Malcolm needs some help. He's getting weary. What does the word intercession mean? It means to pray for. Men intercede on behalf, saying, hey, this is his need. This is his issue. I We're not going to get the the third one, but but you need to read it, because it talks about discipline. And we may just we may put a whole message on that next time. We might. But stop! 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 Look at me! Look at me! Look at me! Today, been a rough day. Been a rough day. Rougher for some than others. Uh, Brother Charlie, he went he went to heaven today. wasn't rough on him. He's in glory. He's got he's got no pain, no suffering, just just he's in glory having a time. But today we was at the hospital most of the day and 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 as we pray for Miss Kethel and and all of his friends and close family here, uh it's just been one of them days. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so I, I went by myself. I I I just wanted to get away and just get away from everything. I grabbed all my books and my my, my Bible and my papers and, and, and I, I, I went to, uh, it was like two o'clock, I guess, two, two thirty, And, uh, uh, I went to grumpy's. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It's a, it's a, a spaghetti place over, over there. <clears throat> and, uh, and, uh, I was in there by myself and I, I was hoping being that late, there wouldn't be very many people in there. And, uh, and uh there was three there was three elderly ladies, three senior ladies right there at one table. So I just went to the back and I had my stuff spread out on the table, and I, I was just sitting there eating my salad and, and looking over my notes and trying to get some stuff, and they got up from their table and they turned around and looked at me and and they said, Where are you a preacher at? And uh I said, I said, well, I said, I'm I'm the pastor of Temple, and they went, Temple, (laughs) and I thought, oh, Lord, they said, oh, we've heard so much stuff about Temple, and and so they started asking questions, and this and that, and uh, sweetest people in the world, they go to, they go to First Baptist, and I said, I said, man, I heard y'all got a really good preacher, and and uh, uh, a younger guy, and, and things are really doing good, and we, we small-talked a little bit, and, and they was asking what I was going to be teaching on. And, and anyway, make a long story short, uh, they went to walk away, and one of the ladies, she says, she goes by, periodically goes by to, to somebody she knows that lives back over here, and she says, she says, Preacher, every time I go by, I pray for temple. And I said, man, that's awesome. I said, it must be working. I said, God sure is. But she said, no, no, that's not what I mean. She said, I just think. I said, you're right. I said, we're not in competition. I said, we're all on the same team. We're we're all trying to get the same thing done. And and she went to walk away. I'm going somewhere. She went to walk away. She turned around, and she said, I need to pray for you. I said, well, pour it to it. And I just bowed my head, and she put put her little hand on my head. And, boy, she began to pray for me. And she began to just talk to God for me. And, boy, I just, man, I started just feeling the presence of God. She was interceding for me. And she said, okay, I'll see you. And she, she went ahead and left. And, and I was just sitting there thinking about that. And I'm thinking, how many times have we really gotten to that place of quitting? And, and Jesus just looked over at his father and say, dad, give him a little something. Help him get through this. You know he's tired, and Lord, you know, you know she's been going through a lot, and 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 Lord, give him a little more strength. Give him some wisdom to get through this problem. Give give him. You say, oh, you're no, no. The Bible says he's sitting at the right hand to make intercession for us. See, we always talk about why he died for us but we never discuss why he's living for us and he's alive and well at the right hand of his father to bring our needs and our burdens and our problems and our issues to his father and the cool part about it is he knows what to pray for even when we don't that's a whole nother message Uh, here's what we'll do. Hold tight, hold tight, that outline. Keep that in your Bible because the last part, because we don't need to miss this because some of us are weary and faint because he's given us a whooping. And he begins to discuss that in the same chapter. And sometimes when God has to chasten us and correct us, we get an attitude. And he said, don't despise the chastening of the Lord. God doesn't chase anybody that don't belong to Him, and if He does chase you, that means He loves you. So we'll just make a whole lesson out of that next week. All right? Uh, isn't the Lord good, guys? We're we're kind of in a in a uh, free uh, I don't know what you'd call it. Uh, we're just I'm just gonna preach and teach till. Probably the end, next month is going to be our missions month, and we're going to take all month talking about missions and 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 what God is doing and what we can do, and uh, and then we're going to catch up right after that and start probably in the book of James. But until then, it's going to be kind of freelance, and and, and I'm just going to try to pray and ask God for me to preach what we need. So uh, you be praying for me, and we're going to be praying for uh, Kethel and her family and and all the things that's going on, uh, and pray for. Let's just do that right now. Let's just let's just stand right where we are, and uh, and uh, and we're gonna all. I want you to do this. If if you don't mind, just reach your hand out toward Kethel right here, and we're gonna pray for God's grace and strength and and uh, and 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 maybe yeah. Some of you ladies get around Miss Kethel, and and we're gonna pray. Father, we come to you.